yours and and uh, and we want our ears to be attuned to you so i pray lord jesus that we would we would be you would quieten our hearts and we would be still and know that you are god and listen to you and receive and and you are blessed kelly and uh, all that, that that she's sought you for that all this time that she's spent in seeking your face and enjoying you and uh, reveling in your love um as you have poured out your love upon her and uh, and have spoken into her life for us i thank you for that I thank you so much for that, Lord, and may it be poured out um, through her to us, Lord, by the power of your spirit. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'll call you in a minute. Oh, okay. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, Kelly. <laughs> what a day to be alive. I am absolutely adore and find it a privilege to do the first message of the year. I'd done the first message last year, do you remember? Oh, maybe you don't, but I had done the first message last year. It was, um, as Mary's reminded me this year, it was um, faith or fear, that we was going to have a year to choose whether we was going to be in faith or whether we were going to be in fear. So here we are in 2017. So I have some things to share with you. But I also have a prophetic word for the church, which I'm going to give um, at the end and uh, make, some, make some declarations over you all. Is that okay? Yeah. I want to start um, by asking you all to give me permission to be free in the spirit, to talk to you under the anointing um, and on behalf of the Lord, but also to make you aware of giving me permission and making that declaration, it makes the difference. If you give me permission to move in the spirit and manoeuvre in the spirit, then I can pick up from the spirit of God what he wants to say to you. Like Gail just prayed, I've sought the Lord, and that's what we do as preachers. We're supposed to do, seek the Lord for what he's got to say. Um, and that is, to me, that's the, the fun bit. And this is the, this is the beautiful bit as well. But that's the, the great bit, that you get to spend more time with God. Because... Um, that's how he woos you. He, he, he gets you to seek him so that um, you feel confident in what you're going to share. Um, and then sometimes he'll only give you a little bit, so you have to keep going back, you have to keep going back, you have to keep going back. So that's, that's um, encouraging. So, yeah, if you could all put your hand on your heart. And um, if you could just repeat after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to hear your voice today. I want to hear what your spirit is saying to me and what your spirit is saying to this church. I give myself permission to have an open heart and open ears to your spirit. I give Kelly permission to manoeuvre freely in the spirit as you give her utterance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it's 2017. I wanted to ask you, you know, just look around you, see who's here today. Just look around, see who's here. Yeah, we've got friends, we've got family, we've got people that we absolutely love, we've got people we're not too sure of, yeah? We've got people that we, we're glad they're over that side. Come on, let's be real people, yeah? So that's the people that are here. But the Lord wanted me to say that and to remind you that the God of the army angels is here too. 
that the host of heaven, the multitude of heaven is here too. The Father, the Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit is here too. Which is quite daunting because I've got to talk about somebody who's listening to me talk about them. God is here today. He's in our midst. He's amongst us. So we're not here alone and we're not here, we're not just here with one another. We are here in this earth naturally. But there's another world that is going on as we speak, as we sit down. Freeing us, setting us free just as we sit here. The fact that we exist, Woolwich Community Church, the fact that we come together, we are pushing back darkness. We push back the kingdom of darkness because just because of our existence, let alone when we come together as a body, shoulder to shoulder. It's wonderful. It's, it's just absolutely amazing. So today, when you come in and you get a bulletin, has everyone got a bulletin today? At the top of the bulletin, you'll see like the seven R's of, you know, what Woolwich Community Church, what, what we stand for. So I'm going to talk to you today a little bit about those seven R's. I don't know if I can get through all of them, but we're going to read from Isaiah 61, and then after we read from Isaiah 61, then the seven R's are all in that passage. Then I'm going to just expand a bit. I just wanted to say that, you know, every house and every home is unique to each individual person. Every house has got their own decor. You've got your smells. And you, when you go into someone's house, you know when you go to someone's house, it's, lovely, it's lo- a lo- lovely smell. You go in other people's house and it's like, don't like that smell. And, it, and after a while, you kind of forget the smell. But, you know, like people that have got animals and think that they, you know, their, their house don't smell. Or, or people that... People that have, um, like, you know, burn beautiful candles. I've got a beautiful candle over Christmas from Gao, actually. It's so powerful. You can, you can only put it on for a little bit because, it, for me, it's so powerful. And then I um, blow it out again. And then I, So aromas, our, ha- our homes have different aromas. We have different furnitures. We, have, um, we, we, we decorate and we put things, uh, ornaments. Everybody's home is unique. Everybody's home is different. It's very similar in churches. Every church is different. Every church is unique to itself and what God has put in that church. And in this church, we're going to talk about the seven R's that have been inside this church, have been relevant and have been very, very profound in our individual lives and corporately as we've moved on for almost three decades now. So that's what we're going to do. So can I ask Gail, can you come back up, Gail? I want you to read um, Isaiah 61, please. Do you want to lean on here or do you want to help? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a rush. Remember, remember what I just said, who's here? Yeah, remember that we've got the hosts of heaven here with us. Okay. Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and to the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, and to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, Hallelujah, for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. 
and they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed their flocks, and, you, and the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you should be named the priests of the Lord, and they shall call you the servants of our God, and you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor, and instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth, and I will make with them an everlasting covenant. Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles, and their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. And I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, and my soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation, and he has covered me with a robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Amen. Amen. Thank you, girl. Brian. Hallelujah. I was driving through Charlton Village, and you know that the mornings have become quite cold recently. And I was driving through the village and as I was driving through, I looked over and I saw a man. He didn't have any shoes on. He didn't have no coat on. He just had a t-shirt on and some jogging bottoms. He had like flip-flops on. He was absolutely freezing because you're sitting in the car and you're all wrapped up and, and he's there walking along the road. And I said, oh Lord, just bless him. Just bless that man. And I felt the Lord straight away say, you bless him. And I said, all right then. So I just started declaring blessing as I've, I've driven past him now he's behind me so I started declaring blessing over him and as I did the, the scripture came up in my spirit silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I to you that's what um, Peter and John said at the gate beautiful when they was um, bringing healing to that man and as I as, as I was declaring freedom over this man and as that scripture rose from within my spirit the Lord started expanding to me about the seven R's. And he said to me, Woolwich Community Church are known in heaven as being faithful, a faithful church. And they have been faithful in bringing what they have to one another and to the earth. That's what God brought that um, scripture up inside of me for, to say to me, a lot of you, we haven't got money, like we're not millionaires, have we? You know, we haven't got millions, millions and millions of pounds, a lot of us. We can't bless as we want to, maybe monetarily. But God said, we have been faithful in bringing what we have got to bless. Silver and gold, we might not have, all of us. But such as we have, we've given to the kingdom. We've brought to this church, we give to one another, and we've done it faithfully. Some, some of you have been here for yeah, almost three decades. Some have been here for maybe five years, some have been here, I've been here for 17 years, me, me and my husband. Some have been here for 10, 11, whatever number of years you've been here. God said that you are known in heaven as a faithful bringer of what you do have. That we love one another, we care for one another, we are a family. 
and all of us sitting here now, if you've got a need and you haven't come to one of us, come to one of us and watch and see what God will do. Hallelujah. When you come in on the bulletin, it says, Woolwich Community Church is a refuge for righteousness, restoration, rejoicing, revival, reaping and rest. And then it says, through our Lord Jesus Christ, in Woolwich, in the Royal Borough of Greenwich, but also in the world. All of this takes place through, through the cross. None of it can take place outside of the cross. I've been talking recently to some young people and they've been um, experiencing manifestations, let's say. I wouldn't say of the Spirit of God, but manifestation of spiritual things and they're seeking God and they're trying to know God more and they're saying, well, it's, it's, it's more than the, the Bible, what's happening to me, you know. The Bible is kind of, you know, it's just, it's an old book and it's just a few words. And then that gave me the opportunity to actually expound to them. Actually, it's a supernatural book. And actually, you could take one scripture and live on it for the rest of your life. Just one scripture could change your whole life. And that the scriptures are, one scripture is just like a lid. You open it. And inside of that is the depth of God for whatever he's saying to you. And he can give you direction. This can only happen. I was explaining to that person that this can only happen through the cross. The spiritual experiences and the supernatural experiences that a lot of people are having through New Age and every time you turn the television on, it's about the occult, isn't it? Vampires. So people are having these experiences, but it's illegal entry into the spirit realm. They haven't got a legal right to go that way. So if it's illegal, guess who they're going to come up and meet? The enemy. We have a legal right to go into the spirit realm. Jesus' blood, we have to do everything through the cross. The cross of Jesus, the blood was shed for a reason, for a purpose. The blood of Jesus was shed to set us free and then to keep continually set us free, ultimately so that we can set others free. That is God's goal, set us free and then we can use the freedom that we've got to set others free. I was speaking to Julianne recently and I was saying to her, whatever God sets you free in, you then have anointing to set someone else free in that area because you've conquered it. You've conquered that. So don't waste it. Don't just hold on to it. Oh, yeah, I'm free now. I'm free in my finances. I'm free in my marriage. I'm free in this. I'm free in... Yeah, you're free. Now go and set someone else free in that. If you're not bold enough to go up to a person and talk to them, pray for that person. And I was also saying to her that we need to be a people that if we've got freedom in an area, if we've got, like, no debt and we've, you know, kind of... Those, those years are behind us and we're free financially, we should bless those that are still struggling... Not, not financial, I'm talking about just bless them, like pray for them, give them your wisdom. If you've had difficulty in your marriage, if you've had dif- difficulty as a single person and can't really get to grips with, well, where are you, God? I want to be married. I don't want to be single no more. And in fact, I don't even know if I want to serve you. And then you get over that and God does something supernatural in you. You can set another single person free and give them encouragement. Do you understand what I mean? What God has given us, freely we have received, freely give. So much is given, much is required. God has done so much. Look at our lives, look at our lives. Some of our lives, they just are completely changed. We're not the same people that we were when we first met Christ. A refuge, what is a refuge? Um, I'm going to give out a handout. So what what I'm saying, I've got as a handout for you. Yeah, And um, the prophetic word I'm going to give out in the end. So I'm going to give that handout out uh, when we're finished. 
a refuge. A refuge is a state of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger or difficulty. It's a place providing safety or shelter. It's synonymous with shelter, protection, safety, security and safekeeping. A refuge, that's what Woolwich Community Church is, that's the first thing we are, is a refuge. A refuge is a sanctuary, a safe haven, a safe house, a harbour, it's an ark, it's a safe place from a storm. It's a retreat, it's a hiding place, it's a hideaway and it's a hideout. When I first came to Woolwich Community Church, I sat at the back there, I sat at the back and I didn't really want anyone to talk to me. I didn't want anyone to come near me. I just wanted to be in this church. I didn't know that that anointing of a refuge was here. I didn't even know that. I just came here because I'd had a head-on collision spiritually. And I thought, do you know what, Lord? A lot of people might know this already, but I'm going to say it again. You know what, Lord? You've got some weird people, but I'm still going to serve you. I don't like your kids. They're very, very weird. They're very, very horrible. They hurt people. They're deceptive, blah, blah, blah. You know, you you can finish the list for me. I had served God as far as I knew, faithfully. I'd, if there was anything in me that didn't belong to God, I didn't know what it was. I, I'd give God everything, and yet everything had collapsed around me. Everything had collapsed. My whole life was in ruins. That's what it felt like. I just sat at the back. I thought, I don't want to minister. I don't want anything to do with anything to do with other than, yeah, okay, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to not be a Christian. That was one thread of God that he allowed me to hold on to. I will serve you. I will come. I never knew this place was a refuge. It was a place that I came, sat at the back, and all the time it was a refuge, and I was getting healed, and I was getting set free. And Pastor Graham said, he said, do you remember that time, Kelly? Do you remember when you come up to me and said to me, don't call me, I don't need to phone me, I'm going to come to this church, don't phone me, don't follow me up, I don't need you to even talk to me. I said, no, I don't remember saying that. He said, and I, he said, he said, and I thought, oh, I wish they was all like that. <laughs> do you remember Pastor Graham? Do you remember his humour? That's what he said. He said, oh, it'd be easy if they was all like that. So I'm just letting you know, that was, my, that was my attitude. That really was my attitude. I didn't know this place was a refuge. I didn't know it was a hiding place. I didn't know it was a place that I could come from the storm that I was in and come in and be in a refuge and find comfort, be in that ark. We must value what we've got here, people. Don't look at numbers because if there's just one of us here, that took Jesus to the cross, one person, one person took Jesus to the cross, we are a refuge, hallelujah, and you can give many examples of what a refuge has been, this church has been to you, what type of refuge it's been, a hideout, a hideaway, you can just come here and you can just feel like you're hiding, sometimes I've sat, I've sat in here, and I've I've shared this with Ricky, because of the worship that comes from this place, comes from the worship team, that comes from their heart that allows people to be set free and we don't sometimes even acknowledge it. I have sat down in this place before and I have just been overwhelmed and shattered, felt shattered emotionally. And the worship starts and I just barely even lift up my eyes or my hands or sometimes just sit in the seat. And God speaks to me through the worship. God allows things to be set free and taken away from my life. Whatever is troubling me, I've come in and so have you. You've come into this place. And you went out different. My brother, Robert, you know that he's been coming recently. And he said to me, this is the only place all week that I find any peace. Actually, he doesn't. He says, this is the only effing place each week that I can come in and find some peace. That's what he says. But he's getting there, yeah? He's getting there. He's getting there. But that is true to him. 
that is really true to him. I was talking to him this week on the phone and I was just trying to encourage him and talk to him about the Lord. And he said, you know what, sis, I've got it. I know God's a father. I know he's my father. I know he's my father. His father died when he was just, just after he was born in a car accident. He's never known a father. But he said, I know God is my father. Something's happening in our midst here, people. Something happens when we come together in this place. Don't ever underestimate this church and what God is doing in this church. We don't have to build this church. He said, that's his job. God said, I'll build my church. You build one another up. Love one another. Care for one another. Come to this refuge. Come to this place that God himself planted. God planted this church. So we can depend on the Spirit of God. We don't have to depend on a person. We can depend on the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. It's a place of righteousness. Righteousness is a state of moral perfection required by God. It's God's standard to enter into heaven. It's being right before God. When I read that, I thought, oh, are we buggered then? I thought, mm. so are we a lost cause? Because that's what righteousness is. It's been in a moral perfected state. It means that you've got no, um, nothing wrong with you. You're, you're perfect. I thought, oh my gosh, am I a lost cause then? Hallelujah, not at all. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake, he, Jesus, he was made sin who knew no sin, that in him we become the righteousness of God. We become righteous because of the blood, because we've accepted Jesus. Righteousness prevails in this place, in our midst. It's a place of restoration. The biblical meaning of the word restoration is to receive back more than has been lost at the point where the final state is greater than the original condition. The main point is that someone or something is improved beyond measure. Is your life been improved beyond measure since you've known God? This is what restoration does. It makes you look at your life. It makes you look at the lives of the people around you. And they've been restored. And it's amazing. And it's beyond measure. The restoration of our soul, health and family peace, the restoration that we've had in work, with colleagues, with friends, with situations in our, with our children, in situations when we're at uni, when we're at school, when we're at work. God has brought restoration in ways. You know when God has come through for you in them times, you think, oh, only God could have done that. Or when you get them times that you think, God, please, 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 please just come through for me this. If you come through for me in this area, I'll never not be believe again, yeah? I'll always, always believe you. You know, we've all, we've all been there, haven't we? And God comes through and we're just so elated and it lasts for, well, how long does it last? We are like the children of, of, of Egypt, Israel, when they were coming out of Egypt. They saw all their miracles, but they still carried on complaining because the Bible is an example of just broken fallen people trying to live in this world before we get to um, our destination this is not our destination this is just a journey we're just passing through here and while you're here you've got so much to offer the world you've got so much to offer those who are around you success is not the amount of money in your bank it's not the amount of letters after your name it's not the car that you drive success is do you know your purpose in life and are you fulfilling that purpose that is a successful person don't look to someone and think, oh, well, you know, they're very, they're very um, educated. They're highly educated. They've got more money than me. Look at their job. Look at their wardrobe. Look what they drive. Look at their children. Everything just looks, oh, great. That's not success. Success is, do you know what your purpose is on this earth? And if you know what your purpose is on the earth, are you fulfilling that purpose? And if you don't know what your purpose is, 
Today's a good day to ask God and say, what is my purpose, Lord? Why was I born? I know my purpose. I know I was born, I was put on this earth through Mary's womb. Some of you have known her. I was put on this earth to bring revelation of Jesus. The Lord told me that very, very clearly back in the 90s. You were born to bring revelation of Jesus. So I can, I, that's my purpose in life. I can do that wherever I am. Wherever I go, I can do that. But what about yourselves? What is your purpose in life? Because being a part of this church, I've realised, yeah, my faith, the faith that I have in God can move your mountains. I'm telling you, the faith I have can move your mountains. But you know what? The faith you've got can move my mountains. Because my faith can't always move my own mountains. My faith is just, you know, you know what that's like. You kind of like you're tossed to and fro. You're thinking, oh, it's, it's, sometimes it's just more difficult when it's yourself. So my faith, I use my faith to move your mountains. I pray, I seek God for you, I can intercede for you, I can fast. I can just, just bombard the heavens for you. But you can do the same for me. Our faith can move someone else's mountain. Sometimes it moves our own mountains as well. I'm not saying it doesn't. But we need one another. We need one another. We really do. And in this church, we are here for one another. We don't ha- you don't have to be in somebody's pocket. You just have to know that you've got a family here. How many family members, natural family members have you got that live in different parts of the world? You don't get to see them all the time, but you're still connected with them. You still love them. They still love you. And it's the same here in this church. We are a church that has rejoicing. Hallelujah. Great joy, jubilation, a reason to live. We laugh. We have singing, dancing, heartfelt cries of joy. We are thankful to be alive. I've come in this church and felt like Mary's felt before. Lord, isn't it better if you just take me? Especially early days, you think, well, just, just take me to heaven. Not that you want, you're not like you're suicidal. You just think, how much more can I take? And then I've gone out rejoicing, full of life. And then you come back another Sunday, another, and that's how God does it, because that's how he's ordained it. The foolishness of preaching, that you would hear someone preach from the word of God, and that would change your life. It would alter your thinking. It would cause you to be, if you're a preacher, it would cause you to be someone who can influence people's thinking, to adjust people's, you know when you've got, um, uh, when we used to have televisions that you couldn't quite see properly and you had to keep altering the aerial, you couldn't see, and then you tune it in and all of a sudden the picture's clear. That's what a preacher's called to do, that sometimes I think is not quite right, and then you hear something and all of a sudden you get it, it's clear. You think, yes, that's what it is. You might not never share that with anyone else. A lot of things that we do for the kingdom to push back darkness, we won't find out until we're at the other side. Sometimes God, in his grace, he'll allow you to, for someone to come up to you and say, yeah, do you remember when you said this or you said that? A lot of times, nothing's said. And I, I, I find that really, really true with the worship team in this church. A lot is not said. A lot is not given over to what they really do here. They prepare and make an atmosphere for God to speak very, very clearly to the people here. Very, very clearly. I'm talking about my own personal experience. And I've, I've purposely gone up to people. Some of you know who you are. I've asked you, what has the worship done for you in this place? So that I wanted to get your own accounts. So I just want to honour the worship team. I want to honour all of you for what you do. What you do that God sees. There's nothing you do, small or big, that God doesn't see. I'm telling you. And you make the difference in our lives from the PA, everything that you do, it makes the difference. And that's what is happening in this church. We are a place that we can find a rejoicing heart. We can come in downtrodden and we can go out with the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. Being revived. 
when we listen to worship <coughs> just before we get the word. You know the story in Luke about the, when there's two disciples on the road to Emmaus and they are, um, Jesus comes up beside them and they, they don't know that it's Jesus. And Jesus is talking to them, saying, oh, you know, how are you? And they're saying how they are. And they said, don't you know what's just happened in Jerusalem? And he said, oh, what has just, he didn't say, no, I don't know what happened. He said, well, what happened? What's just happened in Jerusalem? And they, they start saying, well, Jesus, the Christ, he's died. He's been, and we thought he was this and we thought he was that. And then Jesus started to expound from Genesis, all the scriptures, the Torah, he started to expand to them who the Messiah is, who he was. He had to suffer, he had to die, he had to be raised from the dead. And they said, did not our hearts burn within us as he spoke? Worship, when we are here and we hear the worship, you come in and you think, do I even want to be here? By the time the worship's finished, you're eager. You're eager to hear the truth. You're eager to hear the word of God. And by the time you leave, you feel, oh, I did not that word burn within me while that person was speaking the word of God was burning in me it's alive the word of God is alive it's active but we are all very very valuable not just in this church but in the kingdom we are valuable to the Lord and we all make an amazing difference to the kingdom of God and to one another we're a place of reaping reaping means to gather bring in take in to get as a return it's a recompense to receive both good both good and bad of what you have sown god made it very very plain in genesis it's time for seed time and harvest that's the the way the world works seed time and harvest seed time and harvest what a man god said he won't be mocked no one can get one over him no one can just um be steering God wide no one can make God look like a fool whatever a man or woman sows it's that that you're going to reap if you sow goodness you're going to reap goodness if you sow hatred you're going to reap hatred and this is true for anyone who's alive not a Christian this is true the word of God is true for human beings whatever a man or a woman sows it's that that you're going to reap and you always reap more than you sow so if you're if you're a person that's always getting hateful things happen to you well you know, check how, many, how much hate you're sowing or have sown. If you're a person, if you're, I've never got any friends, you know, are you friendly? If you're a person that's very um, agitated, look at your life, look at your life and see what you've sown. Because sometimes we have a season where we are reaping a lot of what the bad things that we've sown. But what about the great things that we sow? The reason that I wanted to say this the way I'm saying it is the way that we reap really, the best way to reap is just to sow goodness. So goodness wherever you go, so goodness. And do you know where your goodness should start? In your thoughts. A lot of people think, think that their thoughts haven't got power. Your thoughts have got power. Because if your thoughts, we know that the enemy, the first port of call is the battle mind, the battleground is the mind. Yeah, so the enemy's gonna. So if thoughts are supernatural, what do you think your thoughts are? When you just sit around daydreaming or thinking that you know you don't like that person or thinking bad thoughts about them. What do you think is happening? It's, it's a spiritual encounter that you're having. Thinking is spiritual. Thinking is not just natural. Thinking spiritual, there's a spiritual dynamic to it. That's You're supposed to allow your mind to be full of the word of God. The renewing of your mind, that's what the, the Bible says, that we are to renew our mind by the word of God. So it's good to sow good. It doesn't matter if that person seems very hateful or when you're in work and someone's always gossiping about you and being... I'm telling you, I've learnt from experience. 
keep on loving, keep on sowing seeds of goodness, and God turns things around. I'll do, I've realised now in my life, you know, I'll do what I can do, and I'll let God do what he can do. I can't do what God can do, and neither can you. A lot of you think you can pray the prayer and then answer the prayer. It doesn't work. That doesn't work. You can't pray the prayer and then work out, okay, how it's going to be answered, when it's going to be answered. That's God's job. Have faith in God. Believe that when you pray a simple prayer, um, when I'm saying a simple prayer, I'm saying prayer is it's either simple or it can be great, what you see as great. You could do like, three days of fasting and prayer. You might see that as great. Or just as you're running out the door, you can say a quick prayer. Prayer is talking to God. That's what prayer is. And your prayer, no matter how simple or great you think it is, it makes the difference if it's mixed with faith. If it's mixed with faith. So never, ever stop praying. Never give up on praying for your, for your loved ones, for situations, for circumstances, no matter what they look like. Never give up praying. Hallelujah. What's the next R? The next R, the last R. Oh, I've got through them. The next R is rest. I absolutely love this R. Rest is being freed from running from philosophy to philosophy, religion to religion, from lifestyles to lifestyles. Rest is being at home and freeing God. John 8, 36. Rest means freedom from whatever worries or disturbs you. Some people can't rest mentally or emotionally because they're so easily unsettled and agitated. Every little nuisance upsets them and always, they always feel hassled. Rest does not mean freedom from the nuisances of this world. It doesn't mean that you're going to be free from all of the things that are going to come against you because we have an enemy. But it does mean that freedom, true rest, it's not being bothered by these things. That's what true rest is. I spoke to Tim over the, um, over the new year and I said to Tim, so how are you doing about a situation that's happening in, their, in Tim and Dorothy's life and their family? And he said, you know what, Kelly, I've just given it to God. And as he said it, it was just like, it was just like power went into me. I was just thinking, wow, a believer that believes. Isn't that great, eh? A believer that believes. That's what I want to be every day. I want to be a believer that believes. He said, I just, I'm just giving it to God. Because that's where it belongs. It belongs in God's hands. The bits that belong in your hands that you have to do, your daily life, you know, everything you have to do in life, you get on with doing that. That's your task. That's your part that you're playing in, in the world while you're here. But God's part is to do the things you can't do. So let God be God. Hallelujah. And every man a liar. That's what the Bible says. Rest also means freedom from guilt, even unnecessary feelings of guilt. It means freedom from worry about sin, why? Because repented sin has been forgiven. It's not a case of, oh, sin's been forgiven, which it has, but I, I purposely put that word in repented because we don't speak a lot about repentance as we should sometimes. We have to repent of our sins. We can't just, oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's the time of grace. It's the time, it's the message of grace. You see, the, you hear the message of grace everywhere. Yeah, there is God's grace on us, but we have to be repentant of our sin we have to repent go before the father humble ourselves and say I am a sinner I've done this I'm wrong please forgive me God so repented sin isn't something you should worry about because it's, it's forgiven if it's repented God's rest is the end of legalistic works and the experience of peace in a t- is total forgiveness with God if your body is at rest then it's ceasing to move like when you're asleep The mind is at rest when it ceases to be disturbed or agitated. 
Rest is freedom from anxiety or disturbance. Some more scriptures there, Matthew 11, verses 28 and 29. Hallelujah. So we are the seven R's. We are a habitation of God. That's what we've been for almost three decades. We are a people that have faithfully come together demonstrating and manifesting these seven R's for quite a while. But what is God saying to us now in 2017? So we know who we are, we know what we can give, and we know what we've been a partakers of. But what is God saying to us now in 2017? We've gone into a new year. And some of us had a, a really bad 2016. Some of us had a great 2016. Some of us, it was just, hmm, can't really remember. It, it just went by. But it's gone now, it's in the past. You can't drive a car, can you, looking in your rearview mirror. You can't drive a car looking like that because you get into trouble, you get into accidents. We've got to go forward, we've got to go on. This is a new year, it's a fresh year and God is doing new things all the time. But we have to partake with that. We have to co-labour with God. Does everyone agree with that? Okay, so I'm going to give you all the prophetic word that God gave me for this church. And as I said, it's written down. So can you all stand up? Because I want to do some um, declarations as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to read out a prophetic word, declaration and instruction for our church. It is solely from the word of God. God told me to turn to um, the scriptures in Haggai, which I did. And from that scripture, these scriptures, this is what the Lord said to us. So as I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it out. And also, I just want you to be open because you've given me permission to make some declarations over you all and for us all to stand together um, over some certain situations. So the prophetic word, declaration, and instruction for this church is, so get to work, Woolwich Community Church. God is speaking. Get to work, all the leaders. Get to work, all you people, because God is speaking. Yes, get to work, for I am with you, Woolwich Community Church. I am the God of the angel armies, and I am speaking. Put into action the word that I've covenanted with you. I'm living and breathing amongst you right now. Don't be timid. Don't hold back. This is what the God of the army angels is saying to you. Before you know it, I'm going to shake the sky and the earth. Meaning there's, there's things that are going to happen in this world that are not going to be too good. And God is the one shaking them. It's not man. It's not Trump. It's not all. God is the one shaking things, people, okay? Let's get that right. God is the one in control here. Nothing's happening that's not been prophesied. Don't get scared. Don't be in fear. You've got nothing to be in fear about. You've got God in you. You've got nothing to be afraid about. God has got a purpose for each and every one of our lives. He knows what he's doing. You don't have to be afraid. So God says he's going to shake up the earth and the oceans and the fields. He's going to shake down the godless nations. He's going to do that. Yeah. He's going to bring bushels of wealth and he's going to fill this temple with splendor because he is the God of the army angels. He said, I own the silver. I own the gold. Decrees the God of the army angels. This temple, Woolwich Community Church and you as individuals, your you, Woolwich Community Church is going to end up far better than you started out. You're going to be gloriously transformed a glorious beginning but an even more glorious finish 
a place in which God's hand, he said, my wholeness and my hand is going to be here because I am the God of the army angels and I decree this, says the Lord. Hallelujah. So do you accept that, people of God? That's what God decrees over us in Jesus' name. And that is found in Haggai 2, verses 4 to 9. But as I said, I've got a handout to give to you all. Okay, I just want to make some declarations. Hallelujah. Over you all. Can everyone just close your eyes, please? Father, I just want to sprinkle the blood of Jesus over the minds of your people, over their hearts and over their soul. I declare that the host of heaven be released now to free your people, Lord, to free them that they may seek your face throughout the whole of 2017 throughout the whole of 2017. I release the anointing of God to cause breakthrough and deliverance like a fire, a fire, Lord. Just release your fire and your freedom over your people, Lord. I release you into your destinies in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth because this is the hour for you to walk freely in your destiny. I declare that you will take your place and you will be at your post when the Father calls you at any time, 24-7. That you are called to feed this generation You are called to bring revelation of the Father to this generation, to your loved ones and to those around you. You are a people that are of faith and not of fear, that you walk mighty in the presence of the living God. I want to speak to married people right now, married couples, and God wants to challenge you that you will outlove one another, that you will not look to how you are loved, but you will look to how you can love that you will out-love one another, that it will not come out of your mouth that we will ever divorce. You will never use that in an argument. You will never use that. That word has been banished from your household in the name of Jesus because divorce is not your portion in the name of Jesus, that your marriage will not just survive, but it will have life. It will have the life of Christ being released in you. I want to speak to single people right now in the name of Jesus that God is challenging you to become the person you need to be before you meet the person you you want to meet do not keep focusing on the person you want to meet spend the time now to be with the Lord and to become the person that you need to be for that other person the youth and the young people here God has said every young person that's here and I'm talking about anybody under the age of 20 Every young person that is here, God has told me to tell you he's going to start visiting you more in dreams and visions. That you are to be ready and you you are to expect that. I'll say it again. You young people, I'm talking Matthew, Jimmy, I'm talking all of these young people that are listening. God is going to start visiting you in dreams and he's going to give you visions. That means he's going to open up the revelatory realm for you. Simply put, God's going to talk to you in pictures. He's going to talk to you when you're asleep. The God of the heavens says, be expectant in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, Father, I just want to seal by the blood of Jesus. I want to seal under the anointing of God everything that you have done that the people know about and the ones that they they don't know about. Look, there's a lot of things you're doing. There's a lot of things you're about to do that they don't know about. Let your people throughout 2017 not just hear you Lord but obey you and not just be people that are surviving but be, be people that are full of life and joy I put a, a wall of fire around you in the name of Jesus I place the blood of Jesus around you as a protection against the enemy of your soul that you will be a mighty people that come together each week in this church but when you come together you will be shifting darkness and in your day to day life 
God will make the difference in you and you will make the difference in others. I declare that in your lives in Jesus' name. And all the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.